My name is Amanda. And I'm Kristen. And, and we, we are, are the Extra Sisters. So sit back, relax, and let's get creepy. Welcome to episode 26. And in this episode, we are going to be discussing the summer classic. Yes. The 1975 Steven Spielberg Jaws. Yep. And we have 4th of July coming up. So it's like a perfect fit because yes. that's what this is all around. Yes, exactly. So happy 4th in advance. Mm-hmm. Enjoy your time off. Don't blow your hand off with a firework. Jesus Christ, don't do that. Well, I grew up in the country, so we were out of the city. I'm not saying I saw somebody. Did that happen? No. Well, so no, but since we were out in the country, we didn't have to abide by, you know, being within city limits, so we could blow off fireworks. And one of my friends, his name was Daniel, like almost blew his thumb off with one of those. Oh my God. I don't, Roman candles, I think they're called. Okay. Yeah, because we would just shoot them at each other. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't do that. Yeah, I had some friends over in high school, and I was like, y'all are being fucking idiots. And I went into the garage because I was scared of them, and they blew up an artillery shell under somebody's car on accident, and it shot into the garage where I was taking refuge. <gasps> no! I was so That's mad. so unfair. I That's was so mad. It whizzed by my leg, just like barely, and kind of got in my... But it didn't, like, hurt me. It just scared me. Oh. Yeah, you're trying to like save yourself and it wasn't even worth yeah, it. Yeah, I was like, I'm gonna be smart and y'all are gonna be idiots, then I'm going out in the garage. Nope, didn't work. Did not work for me. Have you you've obviously seen this movie before, right? Yes. I would assume so. This is one of my favorites. I mean, just like Poltergeist, this is one yeah. of those. It just makes me feel good. I love putting on jaws. It's great. I have also seen this. I don't think I've seen it all. I just don't think I've ever seen it all, like, sat down and watched like all the way start through. to finish. Yep. I've seen every single scene, mm-hmm. just different times. Like it was me with The Exorcist. Right. Like, mm-hmm. I've seen it on TV a lot, which is where I've mm-hmm. seen it. And so I would catch the beginning, and then I wouldn't watch the end. Or I would sit down, and I would catch the end on, yeah. like, AMC or something. So I've seen it all, just not consecutively. So it was cool to just sit down and watch it and pay absolute attention yes. to it, you know? This is what most like lists come up with as the scariest movie of all time which that's good it's scary in a real way yes because shark attacks happen all the time exactly so i could see why that would make people say is it's not like a shark never ate people because there are shark attacks yeah right they just villainized the shark yes a little bit more in this one i mean we villainize sharks anyways but this you know, sharks, when they go to eat something, they usually don't do it because they're like, I'm going to kill that human. It's just they see something moving and their eyesight's really bad. Right. And so, you know, they go for it. And in this one, it's like calculated. Exactly. So this movie starts out, it's kind of this, I love, I loved it in Creature from the Black Lagoon too. Because one of my favorite things in State of Beings is being mm-hmm. underwater. Yeah. And I've always been one of those people where I just open my eyes when I'm underwater and look around. Like, it's never 
bothered me. It's always just kind of been a different part of my world. Mm -hmm. And I'm really struggling right now because in Colorado, it's not like every house you go to or every other house has a swimming pool and your friends have pools and like, I just don't swim anymore. And, but that's not really relevant to the movie, but I love underwater shots because Mm -hmm. it just makes me feel comfortable. And yeah. So I really liked that it started with just it's panning on the ocean floor mm-hmm. and you see fish in the sand and and then it cuts to there are a bunch of I would say older teenagers or young adults yeah like college somethings. kids maybe drinking on a beach around a fire and then two of the teenagers a boy and a girl run off together to basically go skinny dipping and she just mm-hmm. straight up strips down which is really the only nudity in this movie unless I'm remembering incorrectly I think there's only that yeah, shot at the beginning right. when she takes her top off and gets into the water which isn't a super sexual scene she's mm-hmm. just being flirtatious and drunk and exactly. he can't and it's in even the dark, you don't even really see you just kind of get a little silhouette side mm-hmm. boob yeah and the dude she's with is too drunk to even get in the water so she goes out alone yeah he passes out yeah he's like <laughs> stripping and he's like oh oh, oh no <laughs> And then the theme music cuts in, which is probably, I would say, the most iconic horror theme song in history. Absolutely. I know there are a lot of good ones, like Halloween, but that's... Everyone does it. Yeah, exactly. In regards to a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. So I think think this is the most iconic horror theme song that's ever been written. You do have The Exorcist and Halloween, but this is just different. It's a lot more mainstream Mm -hmm. because everyone saw Jaws. Exactly. Everyone has seen Jaws. It's not like you're going and seeing a slasher or a paranormal or possession movie. It's not quite that controversial, so it was a little bit more mainstream, I feel like. Mm -hmm. And then it cuts to the chief's family. Yeah. And they're just being a family which introduces his character side note real quick Mm -hmm. i also read the book for this movie when we were thinking about doing it don't don't read the book you guys don't just don't i just want to save you actually if you want to read a book about adultery go right ahead if that's your jam but if you're reading it to find a horror book to read it's not it no does not mirror the movie or vice versa i suppose the the shark part is basically the last i wouldn't even say third like steven spielberg was very kind in saying that he took the last third of the book and made it into this movie i don't even think it's the last third i think it's like the last it's a pretty short book isn't it it is real short yeah and it's all about the chief's wife having an affair with hooper the that, oceanographer. That, that, that's yeah. that's the book. Hmm. It, it, I hated it. <laughs> Zero out of ten. Do not recommend. Hated it. I think Steven Spielberg did too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was so excited to read it because I loved this movie. I was like, oh my god, if they took it from a book, it's got to be even better. Yeah. No. Most of the time it is. It was bad. Mm. Sorry to the author. Don't know if he's still alive or not. He's not. I didn't think so. <laughs> But then it cuts to a cop, the police chief, and another guy. They, I think, I don't remember who it was exactly. I take notes, and a lot of times I don't know the character's name for some reason. I've realized watching these movies, you don't actually get characters' names until you're until pretty you're far into, into it. it. So yeah. I'm like, this dude, chief guy, mm-hmm. cop. And then later I'm like, oh, that's Hooper. That's right. Brody. Like, you know, so I may have been a little messy with my notes there. But they find a hand. Yes. They find body part of the the woman that was swimming when she this was This is drunk. when they're out on the beach? Yeah. That's that's the guy who was going to be skinny dipping with her be passed out. That's I see. the other guy. Okay. That's why we don't have his name. Missed that. Got it. 
And Chief Brody wants to close the beach and can't find the signs to close the beach. So he's like determined to close the beach. So he's yeah. going to the hardware store and he's going to make his own beach closure signs. Which I love the old lady talking about the kids karate chopping the picket fences. Yeah. And I thought that was the stupidest thing. I was like old people for the longest time until I you see the picket fences they were karate chopping. They are all fucked up. Yeah. They're all broken and split. And I'm like, okay, I'd be pissed too. If that I was think they're just shot. going through and like. Yeah, just like doing nothing. the hand motion, right? Yeah. That's not doing anything. No, they must be kicking them or something because... That's like a strong-ass karate chop. Right? <laughs> so one of Brody's cops tells the mayor about the shark attack. And this is one of those classic, like, we're going to sweep it under the rug because it makes us money Absolutely. stories. And the mayor finds Chief Brody and says he needs a civic ordinance to shut down the beach and he doesn't have that authority to just do it. I mean, coming from a tourist town, I grew up in Manitou Springs where we have Pikes Peak and we have all these touristy things. That's what we live on. And the Pikes Peak Cog Railway actually has been shut down. It's going to be for a few years. Yeah. And we're going to lose out on all that money. That's very difficult for a tourist town. So I get them not wanting to believe this. Yeah. But also, us shutting down the cog is what's going to save people if those railroad ties ever give or anything. Exactly. And it's a lot worse for tourism when people die at your beach. Yes. (laughs) In the long run. In the long run. The mayor says Amity is a summer town and they need the summer dollars. And, of course, he wants to avoid panic on the 4th of July. So he doesn't want any of this really getting out. And then it cuts to the beach, and it is, it's very busy. Mm-hmm. And Chief Brody is on the beach, and he's just watching everyone. And somebody, this shot's kind of cool. Somebody, like, comes into the view of the camera, which is obscuring Chief Brody's view of the water. And there's a woman screaming that he hears, but she's just being hoisted up onto someone's shoulders. And then this old man comes up. I put in here, this is really bad. Titty old man. <laughs> <laughs> He was very shirtless, oh and God. it was very... Mine is that, yes. It, <laughs> it keeps the tension, though, that whole time. You realize yes. that something bad is going to happen, and you're, like, tense. Every time they're near the water, which is basically the movie. Yeah, because they're a beach town. Mm-hmm. They're an island. You need a barge to get exactly. to them. Yeah. And he says, I know all about you and how you won't get into the water and all this stuff. So it alludes to Chief Brody living in this beach town this island but he won't go swimming and he won't go in the water and his wife even tries to get him to relax you know Mm -hmm. she's like it's fine it's fine and then it cuts to a man calling someone's name and there's just all these things going on that could be suspicious of this shark attack and then the theme music starts and i like this because it's one of the first movies that i can recall that the theme music starts and every time it starts something actually does happen because in a lot of horror movies they have this creepy ominous music the whole time and it's kind of a it kind of distracts you or it's like a facade nothing actually happens absolutely this is you know you're like oh shit's about to happen this music is supposed to like you're already tense this whole time this music is supposed to amp it up whereas horror movies nowadays try to keep you tense that whole time with the music yeah whereas we didn't need that because we had the ocean right steven spielberger didn't even like that music when it was given to him by the producer yeah. he, or the composer. John Williams, actually, who did Star Wars and pretty much uh, most a lot of the yeah. other horror, or not just horror, but themes we know from exactly. movies today. Yeah. Steven Spielberg was like, that's really boring. And then when he saw it in connection with the movie, he was like, oh, okay, I was wrong. Good. This is amazing. Yeah. And when the theme starts, you see 
the camera is below all the people that are swimming. So you, so you see, see their the legs, legs kicking. Yeah, you get like a shark point of view, basically. Mm-hmm. Especially when they're on the little like floaty things. You can yes. see how a shark would think it might be something else. Like they yeah. tell us where they think it looks like a seal when people are on surfboards. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And a little boy gets taken by the leg and you see a big splash that is also mixed with a lot of blood, which mm-hmm. was a really aesthetically pleasing shot. He also, like when it spins and stuff and you yeah. see the fin, that was so fucking cool. Yeah. But also he ate a dog. Oh. Did you not catch that? No. That's when I was you probably said, typing. When you said some guy was yelling for a name and he was saying Pippin, he oh. was throwing a stick to his dog out in the ocean and his I dog miss, didn't come back. Oh, that sucks. I so, missed that. Poor yeah. Pippin. You don't see anything, but you know what happened. That's why I rely on you so much because you are sit down and you watch the movie. Well, that's why we make and, a great team. Yeah, and I sit down and I watch the movie, obviously, but I, I'm constantly looking down to make scene by scene notes. So thank you for catching that because yes. kind of glad I didn't notice it at the time because my dog was in my lap, but you know. And then as everyone realizes this kid is being taken and eaten, mm-hmm. you you know see them frantically running and they're like running over people and people are getting trampled into the water and it's just a whole big scene, yeah. which is exactly what the police chief was trying to avoid and the mayor essentially was also trying to avoid but he could have avoided it by shutting down the beach yeah but then there's this poor mother that's up on the sand this is literally my biggest fear like thinking of columbine and stuff when those kids were getting off the buses and eventually there was a time and there were no more kids getting off the buses yeah and there were parents standing there yeah there's a time when there's no one else running in from the water and Mm -hmm. she's just standing there yeah that's so sad my poor mother so when I was probably about six or seven. My brother was three. We went to South Padre Island, which is in Texas, with another family. And my mom and this other woman, my dad wasn't with us. So it was my mom's friend and her husband and their four kids. Okay. Quadruplets, actually. Oh, my God. Yeah. That poor woman. (laughs) Yeah. Three boys and one girl. (laughs) And um, so they wanted to go in the water because they had been watching us. And so he was like, sure, I'll watch the kids, no problem. Mm -hmm. And they just wanted to go out and come back. In the time that they went out and just swam for a little bit and came back, my mom comes back and my brother had been building a sandcastle and he had wandered away down the beach. Oh, my God. And she was like screaming for him. Yeah. And he was literally nowhere to be found. All I remember, it was very vague for me, obviously, but all I remember was being so terrified and not even being able to like speak yeah. because I, w- I was just like watching all this go on. And my mom was just running and I was in tow, you know, I was following her and my mom was asking all the beachgoers if they had seen a boy wandering down the beach and how tall he was, you know, dark hair, whatever. I mean, my mom said that we walked almost a mile down Mm -hmm. the beach and then she saw this woman with a crying three-year-old and was holding his hand and I vividly remember my mother running to this woman and dropping to her knees and her and my brother both just sobbing. I bet. Yeah. Like there are so many, not even sharks, but there are predators out there or. And if, if a kid goes in the water and the current gets them, they're, they're gone. Oh my God. And no. you may never so even recover the body. Happened. Yeah. She's incredibly lucky. Exactly. And she was so angry because mm-hmm. he, he started reading a book when you've got young children. Oh, that's... Oh, I thought you meant your brother was reading. No, I'm sorry. The man that was watching, he went to go... So my brother, basically, what we think happened and what he thinks happened, but he was like three, so he couldn't really verbalize. Mm -hmm. He was like building a sandcastle, I think, turned around to grab like a shovel or something and couldn't find it and just kept 
walking. Oh, okay. So he wasn't like trying to get away. He, he just, just didn't got understand lost. The spatial reasoning and then getting back. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Oh my god, that's scary. Yeah. So of course my mom was just beside Ooh. herself because she thought she lost her kid on the fucking yeah. beach. But it goes back to this mom is standing there yelling, Alex, and no Alex. Yeah. Alex. After she was... didn't even want him going back in the water to begin with. Yeah. He was like, can I go back in again? She's like, no. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. And then it cuts to, you see this poster of a reward. So Alex's mother is basically offering a $3,000 reward to catch or kill the shark that killed her son. Mm-hmm. And they're having like a town meeting, basically. And some people are joking about the bounty of the shark and that she's offering the bounty at all. And the chief says they're going to use shark spotters on the beaches and get extra men. And he says they're going to close the beaches and the town has a meltdown. Mm -hmm. So Chief Brody has already warned you once. A kid got eaten. And you're still bitching about the fucking beach. If there's a shark that close to shore and it has now attacked twice, that's its hunting grounds now. Mm Mm-hmm. And you need to relocate the shark. Well, like Hooper later says, you either get rid of the feeding grounds, so get rid of the people, mm-hmm. or you kill the shark. Yeah. That's it. And I just don't understand. I know it's for movie and dramatics, but I think money clouds people like that regardless of a story. Absolutely. So it's really not that far off for the people to be like, no, you're overreacting. They're isolated incidents. No, they're mm-hmm. not. Otherwise, it would be an isolated incident. And the chief says they're also going to bring in an oceanographer and get researchers in. And then it cuts to someone literally dragging his oh fingernails God, so bad. down a chalkboard. It hurts through the film. Mm-hmm. So could you imagine what it was like when they were actually filming that? That had to hurt so bad. For I literally actors. cannot, like, for them listening, but also to be the one dragging to your nails. It? I can't. Oh, that I don't even. Uh-huh. I literally have such an aversion to even listening to people fire file their nails. Oh, that's true. You even have that double one. I was gonna say everyone hates the nails on the chalkboard, but yeah, yeah. I just that feeling of your nails sliding across anything of that kind. Oh, oh my god, no! It just really gets it gives me goosebumps. And so, I, was this the original nail scraping down chalkboard, or had that been around for a long time? I'm pretty sure that's been around for a while. Like, even before this? And that was just something they took? Because I don't know. Yeah, I think that's where they got the idea from, was the fact of, it's like nails on a chalkboard. And this was the first time somebody actually ran their nails. Did it in a movie, I I think. They do it in Spongebob. Gross. (laughs) (laughs) And it is a, essentially a shark hunter. Mm -hmm. And he says, I'll catch this bird for you, but it ain't gonna be easy. And he says he'll catch him and kill him for $10,000. The mayor says he will take it under advisement and the guy leaves. Mm -hmm. So he should have jumped on the opportunity in my opinion. But of course, this is all about money. He doesn't want to fork over money for someone. Especially if all of these people can go out, somebody's going to eventually get him right. Exactly. And then it cuts to Chief Brody back at his home and he's obsessing about sharks. He's like looking at all the books he has and writing stuff down. Which is not what you should do. No. (laughs) He's like scaring himself. Yeah. And his wife is like, oh, you need to take a break. And she goes, want to get drunk and fool around? I love that. I was like, bet. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's a real marriage. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like, chill out. Let's just drink and do Mm -hmm. stuff, you know. (laughs) So the chief has two sons. 
and his older son, Michael, they have a little, so their house, first of all, is gorgeous. This is like my dream to have a house that overlooks the ocean and they have a house that overlooks the ocean. And so they have a little dock Mm -hmm. off the side of their house and Michael is in a boat off the dock and he's like freaking out, like get out of the water, get out of the water. And his wife insists that it's fine if he's in the boat. And then she sees this picture of a shark coming up into a boat yes and she's like get out (laughs) did you hear your father (laughs) and then it cuts to these two men and they're on just a dock Mm -hmm. and they decide that they're going to get a giant hook and one of their wife's holiday roasts and throw it in the water and they use a tire for a bobber and this is just a little side note because I had a house full of people watching Jaws with me last night and they got a kick out of this and it's really immature humor. So some of you might roll your eyes and never listen to us again. But when I put, they used a tire for a bobber, my phone auto-corrected it to boner. (laughs) (laughs) And I just, it was really funny (laughs) at the time. And now I'm like, that's not funny. But it was funny at the time. And the tire starts moving and going away quickly. So of course the shark has the, the meat and the theme song starts. And it takes them a while to react. Mm-hmm. This is like heavy rope you have tied to this giant hook. And they're just like, oh, 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 shit. You know, <laughs> it's like, yeah. Run, and, Charlie, run. Yeah. The and, New York accents are great. Yes. It actually, the shark is so strong and powerful that it takes the dock. Which is so off cool. The, it just like rips it into the water. And one of the men gets pulled into the water. One of the men is able to back up and stay. That's Charlie. Yes, Charlie. And he is fucked. He oh, does yeah. he's well, he ends up barely making it out alive. Yeah. He does end up back and he just but just barely escapes cuz you see the shark coming at him really quickly. You see the freaking dock coming at him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then it cuts to day and they're in Amity Harbor and one of the policemen is telling Chief Brody what happened with the roast and the two men. And people are clamoring around with fishing gear. So mm-hmm. the whole town is ready to get up, get in their little yep. dinky Well, they got to get that $3,000. Exactly. Exactly. And a man tries to take dynamite on the boat. People are overloading the boats. People from all over the East Coast came mm-hmm. to try to take out this shark. Because it has spread. He was like, have you seen all the license plates right. in the parking lot? It's like people from Connecticut, New Jersey, and mm-hmm. everywhere. And, of course, Brody's like, there's too many people in that boat. You can't take that dynamite, you know, trying, trying to, to do contain all this, this. Stuff, But it's literally just these two. Yeah. It's Chief Brody and this other little cop. Yeah. That's it. And they're just being totally overrun by the whole town. And then Matt Hooper, a shark researcher, oceanographer, introduces himself to Chief Brody. And then it cuts to a bunch of men and boats out at sea, throwing dynamite and dumping bloody meat and chum. Yeah. And then it cuts to Hooper looking at the remains of the first victim. And he says a lot of things like the torso severed at the thorax and there are no organs left. But he does it so well. The acting is so great when he's like trying to say it. And then he's like, (gasps) breathe in hard. And he's like, trying not to throw up. And he just makes it through and he's like yelling at people. Get it. Water. Do not smoke in here. (laughs) Yes, exactly. He's got, he's got to be in his zone to get Mm -hmm. through this. Yeah. Hooper asks if they have notified the Coast Guard because he's so taken aback by this specific shark attack. Like, this is a big motherfucker that did Mm -hmm. this, essentially. And he said the shark must be larger than any other shark in these waters. 
And the men are gathered around and calling in media. They see everyone's clamoring outside because they caught a shark. And this scene, okay. I don't know what my deal is with the ocean, (laughs) but I love everything in it Mm -hmm. and I respect everything in it. And I know, or I can't imagine, or maybe they did. It was the seventies. I don't know when the humane society got involved with not harming animals, but they have this tiger shark. I think it was a tiger shark strung up Mm -hmm. and they open its mouth and it's all bloody and they're, you know, laughing at it. And I was just like, Oh my God, this poor baby. It didn't, it was just sharking. It's just sharking. It doesn't, it's a fish. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, I know they're dangerous, but leave the baby alone. <laughs> I really bothered me. I don't know why it was like almost equivalent to seeing, I don't know. I, again, I don't know why it can, but it, it was like the equivalent of almost seeing like a dog death for mm. me. It was really upsetting. And then I moved on. It was fine. Like a minute later. But I was like, oh, because I just hated seeing it strung up. Because I'm a big fat baby. Yes, that was real. Yes, they killed it. Yes, it Mm. was from Florida. And they drug it all the way up there. And it was decomposing by the time they had it on set. And the intestines actually fell to the mouth. And it made so many people throw up when they were filming the scene. Just to let you know. Uh, I figured it was real. Because you can kind of see, especially in the 70s, the... Um, Jaws was a very, very good animatronic. I am not arguing mm-hmm. that, but you c- could see the the, the skin, of it. yeah. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's why I didn't know that, but maybe that's why it t- took me back so much because I just felt like I was looking at a real dead shark. Yes, and I hate that, especially because of like overfishing and shark fin soup and just all mm-hmm. this horrible shit that we're doing to the things and animals that we cohabitate with but that's not a conversation for this podcast i'm (laughs) sure there are ones out there for that but the chief is congratulating the men that caught it and so everyone's buying in that this is the shark this is the shark that attacked this this alex boy the shark hunter that was drug his nails down the chalkboard is going by in his big boat laughing at him yeah he's seen fucking nose he's like duh that is that's just like a normal ass shark Mm -hmm. like (laughs) that is not the the monster you're looking for and the oceanographer says they caught a tiger shark and the men are heckling him a for what? saying yeah <laughs> the men are heckling him for saying the bite radius is too small because he's like over there with measuring tape uh, and, put your head in here <laughs> yeah and he says it may not be the shark and hooper tells the mayor he wants to cut it open because they'll be able to see whatever it's eaten in the last 24 hours because they're slow digesters and he just wants to be sure. And the mayor says that, of course, it's not the time or the place. We're not going to cut it open right here on the dock for everyone to see this little boy fall out. Mm-hmm. Like, And the mayor's right. That's really fucked up. Yeah. Take it somewhere else. And Alex's mom shows up and she's in all her black and, mm-hmm. you know, in her mourning clothes. And she shows up to see the shark and slaps Chief Brody because she found out that the girl was killed before mm-hmm. Alex was. And he knew it and he didn't close the beach. You really should be mad at the mayor. Yeah. That slap was real. She actually had to do that because she couldn't fake one. So she hit him, I want to say, like, 17 times or some some shit. She hit him over and over and over again. <laughs> He's like, okay, do it. Yeah, exactly. Hey, well, I got to say, though, it wasn't a really intense slap. So she must mm-hmm. have just been like, I'm just going to do as light as I can to make it real. Yeah. <laughs> and I think she had gloves on, too, which helps. Like, <laughs> a little padding. Yeah. And it cuts to 
Brody at home with his family again and his younger son. And it's just this really sweet scene. So it cuts to the family a couple times. That's when he's his son's mimicking what he's doing, right? Yeah. Yeah, that is cute. Yeah. And it cuts to the family a couple times. And it really doesn't have a purpose except for humanizing, I guess, and making you feel stronger for his character. Later on, I mean, they bring the family back in for sequels because Chief Brody actually ends up dying. But there's four yeah. Jaws movies, and I don't know if you know this. Have you seen any of them? I have. N- uh, I don't know if this is a real one, but does one of the sharks have like a baby, and she's trying to get her baby back, or was that a parody? <laughs> I don't know. Like, and there's uh, like a submarine Orca. involved. Orca does that. Mm, I can't watch Orca. There's like a family of sharks that go after the family of Brodies, and they like take them down. I think Michael dies at, some, at one of the movies, and I know Brody dies in one of them. And oh yeah, yeah. it just takes them out because that's what sharks do, I guess, yeah. in life. It's great. Mm. They're so entertaining, though. I'm sure they are. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the shark. Not that these are equivalent shark movies or franchises, but it's like those, you know, the Sharknado movies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like they're entertaining. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So after this scene with his son, Hooper comes over and talks to him about the shark. And then it cuts to them cutting the shark's stomach open. And they realize it's not the shark they're looking for. This is not the shark you're looking for. (laughs) Hooper and Brody and Chief Brody go out to where the shark has been feeding. And they pick up something on the fish finder. So they get in a boat. And they're going and and kind of exploring and looking for something. Because it's a night feeder. Exactly. going to try and find it. And they see a sunken or halfway sunken boat. So Hooper puts on gear to dive and check the hole that's underwater. At night. At night. Where you can't see. Right. Okay. And the theme music starts. (laughs) (laughs) And he sees something's been like rammed into or bitten, all this paneling off of Mm -hmm. the boat. There's a hole in the side of it. Exactly. And he pulls a giant ass tooth out of it. And then as he's looking through, this dead head Mm -hmm. pops out at you jump scare and you're like "Ah!" it's really the only there are a few times where the shark pops up later that Mm -hmm. are a little jumpy but this one was actually creepy because you just see like a a head floating all of a sudden this so actually two comments about this scene because i have one that's about my family but one when steven spielberg originally did this scene it wasn't scary enough and people didn't jump the way he wanted them to and he was like that's some bullshit so he went back through (laughs) and made it scarier and actually so I wonder what it was originally that wasn't that scary. You could probably find it if you dug hard enough online. Yeah. So the other thing why this scene is so like dear to my heart is, so I am one of 16 cousins. I'm the baby of 16. Jesus. Okay. Like first or like first and second or? Yes. My mom is one of eight. Oh, that's right. So I'm one of 16 cousins. My eldest oh, cousin. Oh, doubled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My eldest cousin when my aunt was pregnant with her, went to see Jaws. And she was, like, close to popping. She was almost at the end <laughs> with with yeah. my cousin Jennifer. Mm-hmm. So when she saw this, she thought she went into labor. She jumped so hard. It scared the <laughs> shit out of her. She thought she went into labor with my cousin. You know what? Yeah. If I ever have to get pregnant. You're going to go see a horror movie? I want to go see a horror movie <laughs> to try to induce labor. And there you go. It seemed to work for her almost. I wonder if, because even if you like horror movies... They have to, like, give you some sort of anxiety, even Mm -hmm. if you enjoy it. I wonder if that would affect your kid. Huh. I don't know. Anyways. And so right after this scene, it cuts to day, and they are frantically, Hooper and Chief Brody are talking to the mayor, telling him a great white has laid claim to the island. 
This is like his bitch. Mm -hmm. He's got all these people. He's never going to get hungry again. And they tell him that all of the swimming that is going to happen will definitely attract it to come back. Oh, yeah. Why wouldn't it? Mm -hmm. That's how they hunt. They feel things, you know. Exactly. And they're like, you cannot open on 4th of July. You cannot do it. And he's like, (laughs) The mayor says they can't economically justify closing the beach for their 50th annual regatta. Mm Mm-hmm. And Hooper tells him they're dealing with an eating machine. That's all it wants to do. And that's what it knows how to do best. And Mayor Vaughn thinks Hooper only cares to get his name in the National Geographic. And he wants to use them for press and publicity. And then, I love how he just starts laughing at him. Yeah. He like loses it. It's like. Yeah, it's great. It's like at work when you get really fed up with something and you're just like. <laughs> <laughs> it's either that or kill you right now. Yeah. Mayor says, tomorrow is the 4th of July and the beaches will be open and they can do whatever they have to to make it safe, but the beaches will be open. So he's saying, you can bring in coast guards, you can bring in Mm -hmm. helicopters, you can do whatever you need to, but the beaches are going to be open no matter what. I hate that Chief Brody got slapped by that mother because it really should have been the mayor. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. But, of course, he took it upon himself and felt guilty. Mm Mm-hmm. But cut to hordes and hordes of people flocking to the island for 4th of July. And the beach is packed, like two capacity packed. And the mayor is going around and nobody's in the water. Right. They know this shark attack happened. And so everyone's just chilling on the beach. And he's going around trying to schmooze people and tell them to get in the water. Which I don't get because at that point you have their tourist dollars. Why do you need them to go in the water also? I don't know. They've already come in. They're already buying sandwiches or whatever they're doing in your town and spending their money. Whatever. I guess he's maybe it's a pride thing. He's trying to prove his point. You yeah. know, like, it's fine. Get in the water. I said it was fine. It's fine. Get you in the get water. You get in the fucking water. Yeah, you get in there with your stupid suit. Yeah. And That's so. that poor guy that he yeah. makes do it with his kids. Yeah. Oh, he so tells sad. He tells this man, Larry, and his wife to go in. And so this family all link hands and with their like three children and this little raft and they head into the water and they look terrified and it cuts to helicopters flying above and boats out watching so they brought in like also like just a shit ton of people to man boats that have guns and fly helicopters and look for any sign of a fin or movement or whatever and then they, everyone, of course, sees, you know, monkey see, monkey do. <laughs> they see this right. family go into the water. It must be okay. And then everybody runs into the water. And then it pans underwater again, the same shot that we've been seeing, to seeing people's legs, like so from a shark POV, but there's no theme music yet. So you're like, okay, mm-hmm. we're just leading up to. And then people in the water start to freak out because they think they saw a shark. Now, what happened in the midst of this is... Brody, Chief Brody told his son Michael to go to the pond area. Yeah. It was like is, a little cove, yeah. basically, where he'll be safe. Yeah. But to play then, with his boat. Exactly. And people start panicking because someone sees a fin. And again, people in the water start to freak out, as in they're like running over people to get back to shore. And it turns out, as a joke, these kids basically cut a fin out of cardboard. Fucking which idiots. Yeah. And they come up. From being underwater to a post guard. Guns aimed at them. Mm -hmm. They very easily could have just shot at that fin. Absolutely. Which they had every right to do. Absolutely. And a woman starts telling, yelling shark. But nobody can hear her. Yeah, because there's so much commotion. And she's yelling that there's a shark in the pond where Chief Brody's kid is with his friends. 
and you see a quick shot of the fins going under and mm-hmm. then the theme music starts. This is probably one of the scariest scenes. Yeah. When the guy is on the boat and you see it He's on like a little kayak or something. Oh yeah. And it knocks someone in. And then you see the first, this is the first shot you get of the shark coming up and eating someone. Because you've seen bits and pieces of the shark so far. But you really get a good shot of its whole face. Yes. And mouth. Of it coming sideways and grabbing his leg and yanking yes. him under. That's terrifying. Yep. And Brody's kid is still in the pond and he basically has to pull him out because he's just passed out and he's in shock this is why i'm afraid of what's in the ocean that's fair (laughs) i am not arguing that it's spooky oh my god but i will just ignore that and get in in anyways and then it cuts to the family at the hospital and the doctors say he just has some mild shock and chief brody basically tells the mayor he told him so in the next scene and the mayor's actually at the hospital too and he this is basically a mm, i love that he pulls him aside you're gonna sign this yeah and he tells him to go ahead and hire the shark bounty hunter, basically, mm-hmm. for $10,000. And so Hooper goes with Brody to Quint's. And Quint is the shark hunter. Mm-hmm. And after giving them grief and making fun of them a little bit, he agrees to let them come aboard with him and, and hunt this shark. And then it cuts to them loading up his boat, which is called the Orca. And they see the, you see a shark cage being loaded. I have always wanted to do that. You scare me. Okay, (laughs) I don't as much have a desire to skydive anymore, but all of those, I love like... Adrenaline stuff. I would bungee jump, but especially swim with sharks. That's probably on the top of my... Kayak with orcas is like number one bucket list item. There's nothing above that. And I think I could do it a million times and it would still just be something I went back to a million times. And then cage swim with sharks. But I've never even been scuba diving, so (laughs) got to start there first, I think. But Brody's wife tells him about all the stuff she's packed for him. And did you take your Dramamine and all, you know. She's being such a mom. Yeah, exactly. And he tells her to tell the kids that he's going fishing. And it's almost like they have this last conversation and they both know it could be their last. Mm -hmm. But it's not quite that ominous. She just, of course, is worried. Yeah. But it does kind of have this essence of this could be the last time that I speak to my husband. What am I supposed to tell the kids, you know. Right. And they go out to sea and they leave this trail of nasty, bloody chum. And chum is probably my least favorite word. <laughs> it's, it's such a gross word. But they're tying knots and stuff and they're just kind of chilling. And then they get a bite on one of the lines they've thrown out. And Quint, you know, like he starts towing it in. And Hooper is convinced it's not a shark that's on the line, but it breaks off the line. And Quint says, you wealthy college boys can't admit when you're wrong because he knows it's a shark. And they drive off in a different direction, a little farther and dump more chum. So this whole sequence of them being out at sea is basically just a lot of luring the shark, moving to different parts, you know, here and there. And Can I tell you something about the book? Yes. That you're not going to like? Yeah. Okay. In the book, they are chumming, but also they have this barrel of something that quint has that he won't let them open for the longest time Mm. and what's in that barrel is a dolphin fetus oh my god why because that's like the big meal that they're gonna give him to lure him in or something ew yeah i hate that yeah i know (laughs) i'm sorry but yes that's part of the book (laughs) Mm. I'm glad they didn't include that in the movie. That's a little excessive. Well, honestly, they didn't really do anything with it in the book. Like, they talk about it, but they feed it to the shark, and it doesn't even help them at all. So it's like, it was pointless. Pointless. Mm. 
Brody is casually throwing Chum and the shark all of a sudden just pops its head up. Yeah. And it goes back under and he goes in to tell Quint. He's backing up. You're going to need a bigger boat. That was ad-libbed, by the way. Oh, really? Yeah. It's very famous. Uh-huh. That famous line, ad-libbed. And then the theme music starts. And then you get hyped up. You're like, here it comes. And the shark is coming toward them really quickly. And Hooper is like, it's a 20-footer. And Quint says, 25 and 3 tons. And the shark is circling the boat. Hooper yells at Brody to go to the end of the bow. And Brody is like, I'm not going down there. Da, da, da. I love that. <laughs> yeah. You go down there. And Quint comes up with a harpoon gun. And he tells Brody to helm the boat and keep it steady. And the shark is coming back straight for them. And they are able to harpoon it through the dorsal fin with a buoy. So they can, it's a floating barrel. And so they can keep track of it and they can see it moving around. And then it cuts to the evening because the shark just is like deuces. I'm going to fuck this shit. I'm out for a little while. This is the best part of the movie. And it cuts to the evening and they're just waiting around. And then it cuts to the night and they're still waiting around. And then they go below to eat and get drunk. Mm-hmm. And they're comparing permanent injuries and scars. Yes. And they just keep throwing their arms and their hands out. And then their legs are being thrown <laughs> over each other onto the table. And they're but it's talking. Fine. They've been fighting this whole time. So at least, at least they're exactly. getting along a little bit. Yeah. And in this scene, you so it alluded to Chief Brody not going in the water. Mm-hmm. And then in the scene, you get a very quick little, he lifts his shirt up and you kind of see what looks like it could be a scar that he wants to show them, but then he lowers it. Yeah. So maybe a scar from getting bit by something. You don't really know. Mm-hmm. But it is a very quick little up, oh, but no, never mind. And Quint tells him the story about he was on a military sub that lost a lot of men. I think the USS Indianapolis, yes, he said. Which is a true story. Do you know it? Do I know the story? Like, well, because I didn't get all the dialogue. Oh, yes. Go ahead. Um, They were the men that were sent to deliver the atom bomb. Mm -hmm. And it was a secret mission, obviously, because we weren't telling anybody that. Well, since it was a secret mission, they got a torpedo and it was sinking their boat and they couldn't send out an SOS or anything and no distress calls because it was a secret mission. All of those boys went into the water and it was over in... Asian waters where there are a lot of sharks and mm-hmm. they all grouped together and it took uh, I don't know how long I feel like it was a couple days before anybody knew to go get them and mm. the sharks just picked them off the whole that's time that's so scary yeah true story mm, that is awful how terrifying you know that there are things below you and you can't you're just waiting to yeah, get bit absolutely and taken and that's when he is telling the story about sharks being terrifying. Yeah, and he's talking about like um, their black, lifeless eyes. You'd like when someone was starting to scream, you would all band together and just start pounding on it because yes. you're supposed to hit a shark in the nose to yeah. get it away from you. And sometimes the shark would go away, and sometimes they wouldn't. Or yeah. you'd wake up in the morning and go to your buddy, and they'd just be bobbing in the water, dead and yeah. stuff like that. He said 11, about 1,100 men went into water and only about 300 came out on average. Those weren't exact numbers. That's horrifying. Yeah. But you can understand from the shark's point of view. God, that's a smorgasbord right there. Hell yeah. I mean, especially we, I think a lot of people demonize sharks and think they're evil, scary creatures. They're literally just instinctively keeping themselves alive and eating. Yep. They don't care. They're, you know, orcas are killer whales. They are called killer whales because they're apex predators, but they are so intelligent that there is not a documented 
attack in the wild. The only time an orca has ever killed a human being was in captivity mm-hmm. because they have the intelligence and the social structure to recognize that we are also intelligent beings and they don't want to harm us and we are not their prey. Right. But sharks. It's kind of sad that we don't do the same. Yeah, that again, I could do a whole podcast on I know, that. Alone, I know, we're dude. not getting into that. <laughs> but they, sharks are not like that. They are fish they are not exactly. mammals they it's it, i mean it's the same thing just on a much larger scale of a, a a fish i mean it's like goldfish will kill themselves if you feed them too much because they will just eat and eat and eat and eat, and eat. that's right. literally all they do mm-hmm. and that's the same thing with a shark well, i'm not saying they're not intelligent in their own way but they don't well like cooper says they eat and swim and make little sharks and that's literally all they do exactly so that's terrible and horrifying and scary but also it's not like the movie makes out jaws to be this calculated killer no so i mean it's terrifying and i'm not trying to discount that but don't come for sharks (laughs) leave them alone (laughs) and then they start singing because they hear a whale singing and they Mm -hmm. just start which is really cool yeah and then they just start singing themselves and then the boat starts banging around and taking on water because something is ramming into it. Mm-hmm. And a lantern gets dropped and there's oil leaking. And then Quint's just like, Chief, will you put out that fire? Put I out that fire, will you? I love how fucking calm he is. He's just like, hey, can you, uh, there's a fire. Can you just stomp that out, please? Thank you. And then the theme starts. And Quint tries to shoot at it. And they don't get it and it swims away. And that's pretty much the end of the, the night scene there. The next morning, they realize the boat is super fucked up because of all the salt water and fuel mm-hmm. that they're leaking. And the floating barrel or buoy they shot into the shark floats up. And they reel it in, and they're reeling it in, they're reeling it in, and then the shark pops up. Mm-hmm. And the theme starts. And Brody goes to the radio to call the Coast Guard, and Quint goes in and beats the radio with a fucking bat. Mm-hmm. He's like, no, this is He's my like, shark. I'm going to fucking get this it and be my done fucking with this shark. shit. Yes. And while they're fighting, because Brody's like, you crazy son of a bitch. And meh, meh, meh. Hooper's like, boys, oh, boys, I think he's back for his noon feeding. <laughs> and they're able to harpoon another barrel in him again. And they begin to chase after it. And the music is oddly, like, jolly sounding for this chase scene. Did you that notice that? That is the that? weirdest part about Jaws. Is, yeah, yeah, it's like a horror movie, but also at the same time, the whole time you're getting the scary music and then the, like the adventure music. And, yes, exactly. It's like flute and woodwind and, like, some happy brass. And it's mm-hmm. like, we're going on an adventure. Exactly. <laughs> exactly like that. But you're not. You're going on you're, an adventure to go die. <laughs> you're just switching who's the hunter and being hunted yes. constantly. I just had to make a note of that because it's just interesting that he hated the score so much, but then this is like mm-hmm. so out there for this scene, in my opinion. And they get a pretty much right alongside the shark and are able to harpoon him again. And Brody also shoots him with his revolver, but the shark's not fucking going anywhere. The barrels pop up again and they rope them up to the boat and they intend to drag the shark behind them. Mm -hmm. So now they've harpooned these two barrels in. So that should be enough for the power of a boat to drag the shark in. Drag him to shore and drown him. Exactly. But then the shark is chewing its way up the rope and getting closer and closer to the boat. And then they harpoon it through the bottom jaw. And through this struggle the boat starts taking on a lot of water because they're just getting pelted with water because the shark is so close to them and there's so much commotion and it's calm for just a moment. And Brody says, we're going to sink, aren't we? And then the shark is coming back towards them. 
and suddenly it disappears and the theme music just stops. Mm Mm-hmm. And the boat is obviously really damaged and it's leaking all this black smoke into the air. And they bust out the shark cage after some arguing dialogue. They load a basically a dart to shoot the shark with. And Hooper goes down into the cage to try to get it underwater. Yeah. And they lower him down. And he had... Okay, I... You know that I don't have a problem with my vision. I never have. I don't have hardly any nearsighted or farsightedness. No prescription. No glasses really needed. He takes his glasses off because he can't take them down with him. Mm-hmm. How scary is that? Like... Fucking terrifying. Yeah, because in the film... Like, when they're filming it, you kind of... He can basically just see, like, shadow movement. And I just can't imagine not being able to make out things especially when you know you're being hunted like that so i just had to make a little comment about that that's great because honestly i hadn't even thought of that i, I mm-hmm. watched him do it and everything but i hadn't even mentally thought of how terrifying like you can't even really he can't see, see it it's can't even, see anything yeah exactly until it's there and right you're already exactly and the shark swims by him and then it disappears into the blue of the water and he loses the shape and as hooper takes the cap off the dart it comes back up behind him knocks the cage and Hooper drops the dart to the bottom of the ocean floor. And then the shark starts really attacking the cage, bending the bars. In the book, that's Mm -hmm. when Hooper actually dies. The only one that lives is Brody. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Okay. And he gets his mouth into the cage with Hooper and Hooper starts stabbing him with one of the bars that came off the cage and the water runs with blood, but you can't really tell who's really bleeding a lot. Is it the shark? Is it Hooper? Mm -hmm. And Hooper swims out of the cage while the shark starts flopping around all over it. And Hooper hides on the seafloor as the other men try to raise the cage. And then they realize it's fucked and there's no one in it. Mm -hmm. And then this fucking shark jumps into the boat and half the boat's in the water. And he's just like swimming up the boat to them. And Quint slides down into the open mouth of the shark and goes right into his mouth like it's a fucking target and is super eaten. Oh yeah. Poor Quint, man. That was a pretty gory scene. That was pretty gruesome, honestly. And it was pretty drawn out too. It wasn't like a quick no. like he chomped down on him and then dragged him away. He, he tries. Saw... He's I feel I feel like he's got like a knife or something. He tries and he's struggling. Yeah. Man, that shark doesn't give a fuck. Nope. He's got one thing on his mind and it's eating you. <laughs> and the shark actually has like it comes back to get Brody and you can see when it opens, it's got like entrails mm-hmm. like on its teeth. And it actually to get to Brody, Brody had gone into the boat and it busts through some glass and then brody is the only one on the sinking boat mm-hmm. and brody shoves an oxygen tank in the shark's mouth when it's trying to get at him and the shark kind of goes off as the boat is almost completely tipped over so brody tries to get as high on the boat as he can and he grabs a gun and as the theme plays and the shark is coming back to him he's just sitting there waiting for it to expose the tank in its mouth because he's going to shoot at it smile you son of a bitch yep and he finally hits it and the shark explodes in bloody glory (laughs) it's it's a whole huge explosion of blood and hooper comes back up to the surface so okay hooper's alive you find this out and they grab two of the barrels and they get in between them and just start kicking back to shore and then you get the end credits i would not 
no, no. I mean, I know you have to. You have to fucking swim that whole way. Motherfucker busted the but radio. <laughs> you just blew up this shark. There is blood everywhere. You just chummed everything. Mm-hmm. How much yeah. other shit is going to come for you now? Hopefully it goes God, where the blood is and doesn't terrifying. bother you. Yeah. If you haven't figured it out by episode 26, we have roles here. And I do walk through and Kristen digs up trivia and facts. And so I'm excited to hear. And I try not to because I like to find these things out. Yes. So that's cool. I think that's fun because you do most of the talking. So I get to contribute a little bit at the end. So because you do the walkthrough. So I'm excited to see what you've got for facts here because this is one of the most iconic. Not even just horror movies. I feel like the cool thing about this movie is it is a horror movie, but it also just can be so genre flexible, you know, and fluid through a lot of those that a lot of people that may not like things like what came out around the same time, The Exorcist, Halloween, you know, they would probably still get something out of this because it's also an action, but drama, you know. I feel like that's probably one of, why it's one of the, or the scariest movie of all time on people's list is because so many people have seen it. So of course, so many people vote for that as the scariest. Right. That's also on board with 67 million people went to see this opening weekend, which made it our first ever summer blockbuster movie. Oh, really? Yes. Nice. The shark was nicknamed Bruce. Yes, and he's still at Universal. <laughs> yes. He was named that for Steven Spielberg's lawyer. Really? Yes. Oh, that's a dedicate. Oh, yes. I get it. Lawyer shark, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, uh, Steven was actually 26 when he did this. Oh, that's my age. That makes me feel like shit. I was going to say, at 29 now, um, I feel like I've wasted my life because Dude, holy I, shit. Yeah, same. And this... This was his first major movie. He had done a couple others to like obviously projects, be yeah. known for them to pick him. But this was his first major movie. Yeah. Holy shit. At 26 years old, uh. you just made yourself. To create the drowning sound, that woman was basically put into a, a soundstage area. And she was basically waterboarded. The In the first kill scene? Yes. Oh, that shit. actress was put into a room and she tipped her head back and they just dumped water over her face over and over to make that sound. Oh my so basically God. they waterboarded her. Jesus. There are a lot of things that actors and actresses do, do that I could scenes, right? never. And we don't know. I didn't even write her name down because I don't even know who it is, right? Like she did a lot for me to not even know. Oh yeah, that's To just take her clothes off and be killed pretty much in the opening scene. Yes. Yeah. To just yeah. And then the last thing I have, which I wrote down for you because I thought it was cool. The boat is named the Orca, which is actually because the Orca is the only known predator of great white sharks. Great white sharks because they are apex. They are at the top of everything. And yet they still don't mess with us, even though they should. Yep. I thought that was really cool that Quint actually named his boat that because he needed to go get the great white. And you also mentioned to me just when we were talking that Steven Spielberg and the writer did not get along. Oh, yeah. Actually, uh, Peter Benchley. Yes, Peter Benchley was the one who wrote the book, which I told you already that I did, did not, not like. like yeah. They actually asked Peter Benchley to come on to write the screenplay. I don't know why. And Steven Spielberg just told him, he's like, okay, I want you to write the screenplay, but we're not going to make it, we're not going to have the adulterous stuff. We're going to have, we're going to have it be about this shark, period. We're not going to have all this other extra stuff. Peter Benchley wrote him three scripts. 
Steven Spielberg thought they were all trash, basically. Mm. He didn't say it as mean, but he fired Peter Benchley. And Peter Benchley came on set, threw a fucking fit, and Steven Spielberg actually had to kick him off the set. I, okay. I get that because that is your intellectual property and you don't want them to do something with it that you don't approve of because then that's your name on that piece of work. But on the flip side, let's say I write a book one day. Mm -hmm. I'd love to. And somebody's like, we want to take your idea and we want to turn it into a little different, like a little something different. But we're still going to give you royalties. I was about to say, you're getting a payday. I'd be like, okay (laughs) exactly go right ahead can i like be involved at all like can i help cast it or anything right you know i'd want to be involved at some point but it's i mean i don't know i maybe that sounds like a sellout point of but i don't think this book was popular before the movie though maybe if it was Uh like an iconic book and a film came and changed everything about it and the fans hated it maybe that's one thing but if you're a relatively smaller author or creator and someone says i like what you're doing but i want to take this part of it and do this yeah i'd be like okay you're another creative and we just will bounce ideas off each other and that's fine and plus you're gonna make me rich so yeah sweet well i feel like first of all good job steven spielberg for getting anything out of that book honestly i'm sorry to be so mean on this thing but i was so excited to read it maybe that was part of the problem but go Steven for getting anything out of it. Second of all, I know that this was his first movie, so you can't take anything from that. But knowing now, you yeah. know, Steven Spielberg wants to do my book, if I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. You can do whatever you want with it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I would probably give this movie a four out of five. That's crazy to me that you're taking something that everyone lists as the scariest movie of all time and you're just like, okay (laughs) listen i I, mean yes go ahead i ain't about killing sharks man oh yeah okay that's fair and this is our podcast and these are our personal opinions like you docked signs because of the dog deaths because that really affected you that's a good point the dead shark really really affects me and i but also i think that my five is still just so coveted Yes. Not because I'm like, yes. hmm, fine. But like in my head, it's yes. it's coveted like that. And so I think I've only given a five so far to The Exorcist, The Blob, and nothing else comes to mind immediately. Because I mean, we've only been doing this podcast for like half a year. Mm-hmm. And I we've already done so many movies. Yeah. Which is great. But I, <laughs> The Exorcist and The Blob come to mind immediately yeah. as my fivers. So that's... It's not as enjoyable to me as those movies. It's just on a, it's kind of on, I hate to put it on a different playing field because it's still a horror movie, but just in a different way. But I'd say a solid four, four and a half, but four for our rating purpose. Yeah, mine is definitely a five. See, I'm different because Bravo's 100 Scariest Movie Moments was like my thing as a kid. So I've gone through every single movie is on there. I've basically seen it Mm -hmm. and seen it a couple times. And that's how I know which ones I love. And unfortunately, all the movies this year I've basically seen. There's not many. Yeah. So they're probably also ones that I love. Well, and that's why we started this. We wanted to do movies that we loved and started with some of our favorites. And so you're getting a lot of, oh, my God, I love this movie this year. Exactly. Because we've seen all of these movies because we're talking about a lot of classics this year to get us going. Mm -hmm. But you guys, we... 
have our schedule through 2020 and starting mm-hmm. at the beginning of 2021 almost right yeah. we, we're not fucking around these we're not we don't just think no. of the which movie are we going to do this week we're excited we're so excited Master oh my god planned. we want to do that one next time oh my god we want to do that one that's got to be on the list we're yes. so excited so everything other than new releases and sometimes we move things around for scheduling purposes is planned out but i know next year there's a quite a few that i haven't seen there are actually some coming up that i haven't seen there's a bunch next year i haven't seen which yeah will finally be really cool yeah exactly i love watching these again of course yeah of but course, it would be yeah. cool to have something i haven't seen exactly so i mean i know we're very like positive and we're not very harsh yet it's because we're doing our favorites right now yeah next and year it'll probably be more negative <laughs> exactly just just hold on for the negativity <laughs> if you really want that but some of the new releases have been disappointing this year not all of them that's but... true we've had some negative ones with that Curse yeah of Iorana looking at you <laughs> <laughs> but anyways thank you for joining us for episode 26 this one was a lot of fun being the first and our first summer blockbuster yeah. i think yeah yeah so if you have any we have a haunted happy hour coming up that we're going to talk about near-death experiences so if you ever had any close calls where you even saw like your life flash before your eyes if that's really a thing i don't know it's never happened to me or if you crossed over or even died or been in a coma or something like that has happened to you please send it into the exorcisters at gmail.com we would love to read your story we can use your name or we cannot use your name we can plug your socials or we cannot plug your socials just please let me know what you would prefer on that end you can find us on facebook and instagram at the exorcisters podcast you can find us on twitter at the exorcisters and our website is exorcisters.com you can find our rating system that we have on there as well as it links to the imdbs and some of our stories are on there as well absolutely and next time those who encounter it will be consumed by its fury Till then, stay creepy.